0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believed.
1: Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons.
0: Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft?
1: Basketball! Select Isaiah Super. The Detroit
0: Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit
1: basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Anguilon, and joining me this week is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing today, buddy?
0: Doing good, Mike. Doing good. Got some stuff to talk about with the Pistons, as always, so ready to just get right into it and talk about Hillian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Jaden Ivey, really the whole crew that's playing right now as the Pistons continue to try to find their way and find that that median of of, you know, maybe they're not a playoff team, but hopefully they're also, not the worst team in the league. So, we're excited to talk about that as always.
1: As always. And as always, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this, this week's episode of the podcast. That's Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BELIEVE that's B L E A V again B L E A V over at betonline.ag. You can join, use that code, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. Aaron, have you been watching uh the Pistons as as closely the last the last week or so? Because there there has been some changes to the lineup a little bit, most notably Sadiq Bay going to the bench. How or uh, <laughs> we're, we're kind of like we had a holiday, people are kind of recovering covering how how closely have you been watching the pistons lately because up until yesterday's game against the pelicans i can't say i was watching them as closely as normal just because of you know life stuff happening
0: yeah no I, i've had to play catch up honestly this last really since uh, last week's show i think i caught their one game on sunday um but had to play catch up for the miami and the new orleans game but i've certainly noticed some changes to detroit's rotation Sadiq Bey certainly being one of those guys as he's now moved to the bench has really started to stand out. Um, but there's been some other changes. There was some stuff that happened really yesterday in the New Orleans game that was interesting. So there's definitely been a shakeup in how Dwayne Casey's starting to manage everything now that Sadiq Bay's back, Isaiah Stewart's back. Um, you know, Alec Burks has now been been back with the team for 15, 20 games, you know, whatever it's been. Um, so now that Essentially, everyone's back in the fold besides Cade Cunningham. We're starting to see some bigger changes and how the Pistons maybe plan to operate moving forward for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and talk about Sadiq Bay because you know our current absent co-host Jasper Apolonia had a a good article about how weird of a year Sadiq Bay is having, and he he was moved to the bench. Uh, in a in a role that I don't think surprised anyone, um we were talking a little bit about in the group chat about how you know maybe coming off the bench is you know is his is his role moving forward um as he you know ad- adjusts to you know just different players on the roster and people's roles are getting defined a little, little bit more and um you know he he was battling some. a a bit of a cold streak let's say uh he has played five games off the bench now i i believe the first game was the 29th against the knicks um 25 minutes 42 percent shooting from the floor 16 points a game he's averaging just under four boards and 2.6 assists since being put into a reserve role off the bench um looked pretty good yesterday against the pelicans he had a um pretty good stat line he had 25 points and four boards uh he had 24 point or i'm sorry he had 25 last night against the pelicans he had 24 against memphis grizzlies started to look a little more comfortable shooting the basketball have you had any any thoughts on Sadiq moving to the bench i know you know had you said this two years ago you would have thought my god we must have a, a superstar playing the three or the four if if Sadiq is on the bench. But you know, that's that's kind of the reality where they're where the Pistons are at now with him and his uh development.
0: Yeah, Bay looks really, really comfortable right now coming off the bench. I think, you know, really over the last three to four games, that Memphis game really seemed to kind of start the turnaround for him. Had a really big performance, you know, 24 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Uh, was getting involved in multiple, multiple ways. A little bit of a quieter game against Miami, but still had 14. And then obviously the strong game against the Pelicans as well uh, on Wednesday night. So I think this makes sense for Detroit. I know Jasper said that in his article. You just look at the makeup of this team, what they're putting out on the court. I think with Bogdanovich playing so well, they wanted to go bigger with Stewart now back in the fold getting another guy out there that's going to help rebound. And you can't take, you know, Killian Hayes out of the lineup the way he's playing. You probably need the the extra guard in the lineup uh, at this point, especially with only Jaden Ivy really healthy and, and, and Kate out of the fold as well. So it makes sense for Bay to come off the bench. He's, he's starting to find his footing, uh, the, the efficiency, you know, that's probably gotta still get better. That's kind of gotta figure itself out as time goes on. Um, but something else that that being in the second unit allows him to do is it allows him to be more of a distributor for others. Uh the the assists essentially double you know, with him off the bench compared to him uh playing as a starter. You know, in 31 minutes a game as a starter, he's averaging uh 1.4 assists per game and 26 minutes per game coming off the bench, he's averaging. so we're seeing him uh be a lot more aggressive uh as a player with the ball in his hands more in the second unit the turnover percentage has uh gone down considerably since excuse me the turnovers per game have gone down considerably since he moved to the bench as well so seeing that coincide where his turnovers are going down but his assists are going up obviously that's a sign of things are getting better for Sadiq Bey and that's really when he was at his best last year, right? He was at his best last season when he started to play make for others because it just seemingly opened up the rest of his game. And you no, know, even with his three point shooting coming down last year and being a problem this year, he plays his best basketball. When he, others are getting involved off of what he's doing, when he's putting the ball on the floor, when he's moving it, when it doesn't get stagnated with him and it turns into an ISO where he tries to post up or takes a wild shot, that's when Sadiq Bay is at his best. We're starting to see that uh, with him moving to the second unit, him moving to the to the bench is helping that unit and it's helped the starters because it's opened up the floor for Bogdanovich. It's made more sense to have Stewart and Bagley out there together. And when you have Killian Hayes, who's playing good basketball right now, it's just it flows better. You're not having to worry about getting the ball in Bay's hands where the offense might get a little bit more slowed down, a little more isolated. They're moving the ball better in the starting group and Sadiq Bay is playing much better basketball uh, in the second unit. So for now, that's how you have to keep it. And you just have to hope that he continues to become a little bit more efficient and things continue to trend in that direction for Detroit.
1: Yeah, according to basketball reference, uh, in those five games, he's shooting 29.6% from from deep, so the efficiency is still lacking. He's he's a good free-throw shooter, and he did get to the line quite a few times against Memphis. I feel like it was like 12. Yeah, he had 12 free-throw attempts against Memphis. He went 5-for-5 five five from the charity stripe against the Miami Heat. Uh, he was a plus-six yesterday against the pelicans he was a plus 30 against miami but that may be a bit of an outlier because that that was a very strange game um plus 12 against the grizzlies plus two against dallas so you know his his plus minus is is pretty good uh it averages out at about a plus eight um he so he's he's been he's had a positive plus minus in his last four games and i know it's a flawed stat but um there was something to be said about that um, at, at least a little bit, but efficiency does need to get better. Um, I'd still like to see him get to the line more uh, if possible. He's only averaging five free throw attempts in his last five games, but he's not someone that typically gets to the free throw line too, too much. Uh, I don't know why, but it's nice to see him start to do that more lately. And it's nice to see him take more three. He, he attempted 10 threes against new Orleans you know, that that's what he needs to get get down. Um, he came into the season thinking he was gonna be one of the knockdown shooters for this team, or or at least one of the more reliable three-point shooters. And there there are few. It was I mean, entering the year it was him and Bogdanovich, and and that's really it. And um Sadiq Bey just came out of this, you know, he just he was just out of the gate cold. Um, so to see him start to take and make more threes is nice. I would like to see him take a lot more um moving forward, especially on that second unit where he can, you know, punish typically backups and backup defenses. Um it'll help having more playmakers on the floor. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to Killian Hayes in a moment. But uh yeah, it's nice to see Sadiq a little bit more active, a little bit more aggressive. Um you know maybe this is a confidence builder. Um but it's nice to see after having a podcast where we were really worried about him and where he was put into trade talks. I think this is hopefully hopefully calming some Pistons fans down just a little bit. Um, What about Killian Hayes? You know, we're talking about rotations. I mean, the Pistons aren't in that game yesterday against the Pelicans without Killian Hayes. He's, he's continuing to play fantastic basketball.
0: Yeah, I mean, Killian Hayes is, is- – getting all the opportunity right now when kate cunningham went down you know killian was in the doghouse and it was essentially look this is potentially the last opportunity you're going to have to to prove yourself they don't know how long kate's going to be out for you know and maybe they you know maybe they know now but at that time when kate initially uh was being sat out they're like they likely didn't have an indication and who knows if they still have an indication the word we're hearing right now is there's still no timetable, so That's take what right. you will. But I believe
1: Dwayne Casey said yesterday that there is no update.
0: Right. So Killian has gotten this really one final chance. I think. I think if if Cade was healthy, like would have been a lot harder for Killian to prove himself. But he's been given a major opportunity, and he's he's taken it and run. There are still lapses where it's like, oh my gosh. You know, this is really bad, but overall, he has been a lot better. And he's been given that opportunity. The Pistons have looked better with him on the court. You know, they don't have a lot of options outside of him at the point guard spot. Uh, Right now, it's Corey Joseph. I thought that we would potentially see Jaden Ivey get a look at point guard a little bit, but we haven't seen that yet. Dwayne Casey also seems pretty firm on how much he wants to play Alec Burks no matter how much he continues to help this team on a nightly basis I thought that was something interesting that I noticed really in the New Orleans game was Dwayne Casey opted to close with Killian and Corey Jaden Ivey essentially rode the bench he he got benched and Alec Burks who was having another nice game as Alec Burks always does just with his ability to put up points and provide an offensive spark for a team that needs that you know, gets pulled out of the game in the fourth quarter and we don't see him again down the stretch for a Corey Joseph who wasn't really making an impact in the game. Uh, But that's kind of how Dwayne Casey has manned his ship, no matter how right or wrong you feel it is. He's been consistent in doing that. But with Killian Hayes, he has taken that opportunity to run. I think with the options that Detroit has and the decision making that you can, almost assumed Dwayne Casey's going to to roll with. Killian's going to continue to have that opportunity. Uh, Dwayne Casey doesn't seem too inclined to play Jaden Ivey at the point guard spot. Alec Burke seems rather limited to how much he's going to do and how big of a role it's going to be in. So that really just leaves Killian and Corey Joseph to handle the point guard duties uh, until Gade Cunningham is back. But with the way that Killian Hayes is playing, no matter how much Dwayne Casey absolutely loves Corey Joseph and loves playing him. You know, he's not going to be able to get away with, with pulling him in ahead of Killian Hayes. So Hayes has to keep playing the way that he is. He has to keep getting better, keep getting more efficient. You know, I know the stats have have looked rather strong over you know, his last 12 or so games, you know, averaging around 12 points, just under eight assists, under two turnovers a game. Uh, you know, in the last four games, uh, or excuse me, just in the last 12 games alone, his, his shooting numbers have looked much better from the field and from the three-point line, even with a pretty horrific shooting performance uh, against New Orleans. So it's getting better. It needs to continue to get better. And it, it, if it does turn around completely for Killian Hayes, that's a huge win for Detroit because the stuff that he's doing right now oh, is it's massive. <laughs> it's some of the stuff that we looked at you know, in the pre-draft process and we're like, This is the kind of player the Pistons are getting. And now we're actually seeing that at the NBA level. And that's just huge for Detroit.
1: Kevin O'Connor is about to be like Kevin O vindicated um, for how much he was pumping up the pick for Detroit and how much he loves Killian Hayes. I mean, let's not make any mistake about it. Just like a month ago, we were watching Killian Hayes live and we were all sort of thinking, I think this is it. We're like, we, we we can't play him anymore. That's how it looked. It it looked like an untenable situation. And in, in his last 14 games, which are all starts, um, so that's the 12th of November, he's shooting 43% from the floor, 40.7% from three. Let's just take a moment. 40.7% from three. 6.6 assists, three boards, under two turnovers per game, which you know, I don't even mind the turnovers that much. Um, because the you know, the people and the playmaking around him is sometimes pretty limited depending on who's available that night. So under two turnovers is, is fine. Um 40.7% from deep. Um that is growth.
0: Let's just be honest, it's a total 180. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like you said, we sat there, watched him, and said this guy doesn't look like he belongs on an NBA court. And right now, he's been, alongside Bojan Bogdanovic, you know, one of the best players on the team over the last 10 to 12 games. So, you know, like I said, it's got to continue to trend in that direction. Hayes still has a long way to go in terms of his development. You know, let's not kid ourselves and act that he's playing uh, as if he were top point guard in the league or anything right now. But, you know... It's a world of difference when you go from being a bottom 10 rotation player in the league to being a legitimate starting level point guard. So there's certainly more room to grow, but the signs are very, very encouraging. And with Kate cutting him out, there's still all the opportunity in the world for Hayes to continue to grow uh, this year.
1: So in terms of rotation stuff, any, anything else that you are noticing? We touched a little bit about Corey Joseph getting closing lineup minutes, which I agree with you. I, I didn't really understand that much. And I put in the group chat, I'm tired of watching Corey Joseph play basketball for the Detroit Pistons. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, that's a Dwayne Casey thing. It's been a Dwayne Casey thing since he was in Toronto. He goes to his vets in times of need. And we've talked about the last two season preview podcasts, you know, how, how much is Dwayne Casey going to play the young guys in crunch time? He likes to lean on those veterans. Um, I would have liked to see Jay Ivy out there. I do understand why he didn't put Ivy out there, um, but it would have been nice. I think Burks made it a, would have made a little bit more sense just for a scoring punch perspective. The Pelicans, what was it like? One hundred four ninety eight or something. It wasn't like a like a super high scoring game. Um, it definitely hit the under.
0: The the one other thing that stands out to me is, you know, Jalen Duran's kind of trapped in this area where, you know, he's playing fifteen to eighteen minutes a game now with Stewart back, Bagley healthy again, and on Wednesday night against the Pelicans, he got up to twenty seven minutes, twenty six and a half minutes. He had a really Strong performance, 12 points, 13 rebounds, was perfect from the field, perfect from the line, uh, was a plus 11 in the game and led the team in that regard. Um, but Marvin Bagley, <laughs> funny enough, since last week's stock report where we flipped the table because two weeks ago we had him stock down, last week he was – We both did, yeah. Because he had a really strong week after we had him in the stock down report. And then this week again, you know, the last two games he has a combined four points. He's played, you know, under 20 minutes in both those games. That's an interesting portion of the rotation that I, I'm i interested to see how it plays out. As Bagley maybe, you know, I don't think he's as bad as the way he's played the last two games. I think there's some sort of middle ground between that week where he was in oh, stock absolutely. And this last week, uh, but trying to figure out how to get Bagley, Stewart and Dern enough minutes like I uh, you know Jalen Dern playing 50 minutes really isn't enough to me at this point last night against the Pelicans is a great example why you know he probably doesn't get you a double double every night probably doesn't shoot perfect from the field probably doesn't lead you um you know in in plus minus on the court every night but there's a reason why you know why he's able to do those things and his impact was so apparent yesterday that Dwayne Casey is going to have to figure out a way to play him more. Fifteen to eighteen minutes a night isn't going to cut it, especially when you're just not sure what you're going to get out of Marvin Bagley. He's not a guy, you know. He's not. He's not a a big that has a reputation and is going. It just deserves those minutes every night. Like he's not a Miles Turner. He's not one of those bigs where maybe they're not all star level, but they've been in the league long enough and they they have this reputation. Like Bagley doesn't have that. I understand why you want to play him. I understand the financial commitment you made them this offseason. But, you know, you also made a commitment to Jalen when, Duren when you drafted him. And I get he's young and all that. But if he's able to contribute, you know, he needs to play. So 15 minutes a night is not going to cut it. With all three bigs healthy now, I'm interested to see how that rotation sort of figures itself out for Detroit moving forward.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a good segue into – the stock report for the week, um, because you had mentioned the bigs and my stock up guy is Isaiah Stewart. He looks like he's starting to figure out the three point shot a little bit. Killing had a couple, well, it may have been a couple. He definitely had at least one or two good skip passes to Isaiah Stewart in the corner yesterday against the Pelicans that Resulted in at least a good look and a no hesitation three. um He's shooting forty two percent from three in his last five games. He's shooting forty two percent from the floor in general, taking five threes a game. Certainly in, in you know this is still something new to him. He wanted to be the power forward of the future. He is undersized. You see him get bullied around yesterday in the paint by Jonas Valanciunas and I guess Zion too. But he, you know he's so big and fast. And he looked ridiculous yesterday. He looked outrageously big and fast. I don't know. If that's just a product of the Pistons not having, you know, too many viable bigs. But I don't know who can stop him. But it definitely wasn't Isaiah Stewart. But the shooting is coming around a little bit. He's still getting seven boards a game, um, you know. But it, he he he's looked more like uh, a four, more more like a capable four. I still worry about the like the Derek Williams tweener not big enough to be a five but you know too slow to be a you know like a faster four um but the shooting has come around lately he's my stock up guy for the week aaron who's
0: who's your stock up guy i'm gonna say it's it's Boyan bogdanovich i I know he had the 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 rough game against uh, the pelicans where he got tossed but you look at the way that he's playing for this team and, and there's a lot of veterans that at this point in their careers, at this point already in the season, if you're a team like Detroit, who's, you know, 7 and 20 or 7 and 21, whatever they are, you know, they'll just essentially mail it in or they'll say, look, like you guys got to move me. And Bogdanovich hasn't done that. He brings it every night. He plays hard on both sides of the floor. Look at the game he had against Dallas. You look at the game they had against Miami. It's like he's being asked to guard Luka Doncic while still being, you know, still having the offensive. Uh, role that he has on this team and that that means a lot that means a heck of a lot for for this young group that you know is trying to figure themselves out is trying to find some sort of balance in how they play but Bogdanovich has just been a consistent he's not been a veteran that's that's caused any sort of problems he, he has come out every game you know as long as he's been healthy and, and given it his all and, and I just you know I really really respect that because like I said, there's a lot of veterans that would, you know, mail it in and say, all right, we so you know, we're not good this year. We're we're losing. We're probably tanking. You know, either I'm just gonna kind of ride ride it out here, make my money, do my thing, or I'm gonna try to force a trade to a contender. But Bogdanovich has just been, been so so good this year. 30 points against Dallas, 30 against Miami. The the performances that he he can have for this team are unreal. And I didn't quite know he was capable of that. I know he had a few of them in Utah. Uh, over his time there but just watching him on a nightly basis you you really gain a respect for for the player that he is you know he's one of those guys that across the 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 league just as a as general fans probably has that reputation of always just that classic white european shooter but he's just so much more than that and you know even if he's not a great defender even if luka did have you know a a big game against Detroit one it's luka donchich two you have to look at the effort and watch that game and look at how Bogdanovich played and uh, really on both sides of the floor. And you just tip your cap to that. Uh, I thought he had a phenomenal week. I didn't want to repeat with Killian Hayes, who I, I still think is trending in the right direction. So Bogdanovich was stellar, and I want to give him his props for that.
1: You know, for a while, it seemed like for NBA fans, the classic, you know, ball type of player. Like if you knew that this player was good, you obviously paid attention to basketball. For a while I think that player was Joe Ingalls. <laughs> um and Bogdanovich is very similar to Joe Ingalls. Uh being on the same team, it was very, very uh, confusing as well. And I think Bogdanovich, when he was on Utah soaking up a lot of those minutes, I think he was kind of that that you know, that type of player where if you thought Bogdanovich was good, you obviously know ball. And and it's weird because like twenty years ago, uh you were not even hardly around, but that player was Andre Karolinko (laughs) also for the Utah jazz. Um, So it's funny that you had mentioned that uh, being like a classic white European three-point shooter type of player. Uh, He, he has been excellent and the, the Pistons legitimately don't win games without him. And, you know, being hidden behind Conley and Gobert and Donovan Mitchell probably played into how he flew under the radar so strongly. Um, but he has been playing
0: very well of late. What about stock down guy? Yeah, my my stock down is, is Jaden Ivey. Uh, his efficiency digressed in November and through four games of December, he's shooting under 35% from the field, 28.6% from the three-point line. Uh, he's just really struggling right now to find his flow. I'm not sure if it's the injury, you know, finding his way back from that, that's really been the issue. But he just hasn't looked comfortable out there. He doesn't look like the same pit player that, you know, he did at the beginning of the season who had such a strong month of October. I think there's obviously a lot more pressure with him now that Kate Cunningham's out and that's been a problem for him to uh, find his way with. So you have to hope that he's just sort of trying to find his footing while still sort of hitting that rookie wall And it's going to balance itself out, but you can't ignore the numbers. You can't ignore the fact that, you know, Dwayne Casey rightfully so had to take him out of the game against new Orleans and not bring him back in. Uh, Even if it shouldn't have been Corey Joseph that, you know, ended up playing over him. maybe it should have been Alec Burks or, or something else. Uh, The fact that that's happening, you know, you want Ivy to be one of those guys. He really has an opportunity to be that guy this year with Cunningham out right now. So uh, the, there's there's no doubt that the start of December has been disappointing for him, and you gotta hope that that he can start turning it around soon.
1: Yeah, and this is gonna sound like a cop out, but I also had Jane Ivy as my trending down for the stock report. His last three games, um, twenty eight percent from three, thirty two percent for the floor. Um, uh, just you know and it's tough with young players who are really fast. I saw this firsthand with Colin Sexton who was a really, really good downhill guy. They just sometimes play recklessly and it's it, that's just the reality is that they are very fast. The game is still fast in their in their minds too. It hasn't slowed down yet and they just play too they just play too quickly. Um his shot was kind of the wonky, weird thing we weren't sure of coming into the draft, or rather coming out of the draft. We weren't sure how it was going to look. I think it'd look a lot better next to Kate Cunningham, um, drawing more defenders away, and uh, you know, giving him more opportunities. But you know, like we said earlier, it is justified that Dwayne Casey took him out of the game uh, late against the Pelicans. But the shot just isn't there yet, and. He he averages three, three you know, three turnovers a game for twenty five minutes a game in his last three games. You know, the turnovers are still prevalent. That's gonna happen with young guys, but you'd you'd like to see a little bit more control out of him and you'd like to see that shot come around just a little bit. So we both have the same guy once again, which I think that means Jay is about to go off. Right. Because uh, the last yeah. time we both had Bagley, uh, yeah.
0: he pretty much shut us up. Yeah. So it's it's we're like a, a good curse for for the stock down guys. If we double up on you, that means you're due.
1: So right. That's that's exactly right. So congratulations to Jay Nivey for winning player of the week. <laughs> um okay, good stuff. Let's move on to uh, our third and final topic, which is a little more trade talk. This time with Nerland's Noel. So this is according to SNYZ and Begley. Um, the Mavericks and the Pistons touch base briefly about Nerlens Noel. Um, we had talked about him earlier in the season, or maybe it was earlier last month, about uh, you know the possibility of moving on from a couple of these vets, and Noel is definitely one of them. We talked about the plethora of big men on the roster between Bagley and Duran, um, and I, you know, Isaiah Stewart as well. So, you know. That's that's a name that we kind of pegged as one that will probably not be on the Pistons after the trade deadline. Dallas is a really confounding team that I don't know. I mean, they you know they have problems at at center. Javale McGee's been a really like a disaster for them, so they're looking for big help. Luka Doncic has been a one-man wrecking crew, but you know he can't do it all. And I and I said this in the group chat that this Mavericks team is giving very strong like two thousand and six Cleveland Cavaliers vibes where it was LeBron James and Mo Williams and Sasha Pavlovich and Anthony Parker <laughs> and just guys that you know are are good role players but not guys you can lean on. Oh so, you know Noel makes a lot of sense to move. He is a rim protector um, Dallas has struggled with rim protection for most of the season. Any, any, any thoughts on Noel's name coming up? I mean, I think we both agree that he's probably gone by the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not shocked by it. And and you know, we we know Dallas isn't the only team interested. Uh, the report also said that you know, contending teams across the league were interested in him. But just looking at Dallas, you know, this is a team that probably can afford to move on from one of their wings. I think someone like Reggie Bullock makes sense here. It matches up salary-wise. Bullock's partially guaranteed for for next season. It's about $5 million guaranteed out of a a $10 million deal for next year. So he hasn't been playing great this year. His minutes have decreased month over month. The efficiency's been an issue for him, really is a guy who – You know, he he makes his money based off his ability to shoot the ball. So you're taking a little bit of a risk here, but Detroit definitely could use some more help on the wing. This is a team playing Kevin Knox, you know, consistent minutes right now. Hamid Diallo is in and out of the rotation fairly consistently. So they could use another guy to go out and and, and use as a shooter and hope that the efficiency sort of finds itself. Uh, It's a guy that, you know, I mean, we know what Reggie Bullock is, right? I obviously... He hasn't been a, a great shooter uh, this year, but over his career, he is a shooter. Like, that's what he does. He was a four, he's, he's shot, you know, 36% last year, 41% the year before that. Um, but he spaces the floor for you and and the Pistons need some more help on the wing. So it's not a flashy deal. It doesn't make or break it for either team but that's just something that sort of comes to mind in that regard you you look at Dallas's situation right and they probably want to try to find a way to open up some minutes on the wing potentially for a young guard like Jaden Hardy to get into the mix it seems like Tim Hardaway Jr. is starting to find his footing over the last you know week or two and if they can get him fully going they have Spencer Dinwiddie it almost feels like they're they're starting to find themselves in that regard and as Bullock's minutes go down, they do need another center. Noel's a guy that can give them 16 to 20 minutes a night and be that rim protector, spot start for them here or there if needed. If they find real value in that, moving off a guy like Bullock, who's who's finding himself out of that rotation amid a pretty significant shooting slump, I don't think that's the worst thing for Detroit to take a risk on. Um, but it certainly isn't the flashiest move by any stretch of the imagination.
1: He signed a three-year, $30 million contract with Dallas um, last August. His final year of that contract is not fully guaranteed. I don't see if it's a partial guarantee or if it's just not it's fully partial. guaranteed. Uh, it's a partial. Uh, Do ten, you know?
0: Five and a half is guaranteed
1: next year out of the 10, 10 and a half. Out of the 10. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, he's shooting what like twenty seven percent from deep. I mean, you're not going to get a rotation player for Nerlens Noel because he's not a rotation player right now for Detroit. So it's you know it's what are you expecting? And he's an okay defender. Um, you can't have enough wing defenders. You maybe hope that three point shot comes around. Maybe uh, it's a, it's another vet on this team, even though Noel is already a vet, but um. It, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I don't mind the trade. Uh, it, it's a lateral move, probably. The only advantage, I think, of moving on from a center to get a, a wing is that it allows more minutes for Jalen Duran. You talked about earlier that only, you know, like 15 to 18 minutes is not enough for Jalen Duran, especially if you're trying to see what you have and trying to expose him more as the youngest player in the NBA, trying to expose him more to the game and, you know, start to get him up to speed. Um, Reggie Bullock helps a lot On the wing, like we said, defensively He has a history of being a pretty good Shooter, at least a capable three-point shooter This is a super, super cold Slump in his last 10 games for Dallas He's shooting 19% From three and 25% from the floor Overall, so I mean it's When it's bad, it's it's been really bad And maybe that's you know A byproduct of not playing As much, like you said, his minutes are going down They do want to get some younger guys minutes um just because they have higher upside so you know i'm i'm fine with this sort of a trade you mentioned a couple weeks ago i think new Orleans Noel for Grayson Allen that entices me a lot more <laughs> uh comparatively but you know it's it's going to be a matter of measuring the market and seeing what is you know available right
0: yeah it's just kind of where teams value Noel how much they're willing to part with him for and and you know what we don't always have the the right perception of value uh, from these guys, you know, sitting from outside of the league. Like, you know, people probably would, would imagine that someone like Grayson Allen has a lot more trade value than a guy like New Orleans Noel. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what a team's looking for. And if Milwaukee really values that extra rim protection, they have Chris Middleton now back and Pat Connaughton and, uh, you know they have all these other wings on the roster. Like maybe they don't value Grayson superstar Allen. Javon Carter, right, right. But but maybe they don't value Grayson Allen as much. Even if he is the better player, maybe they value that rim protection more. They want a, another big because they don't necessarily trust what they have behind a uh, Brook Lopez and Bobby Portis. So it, it's yeah, it just again, it, it's what do they value more? Maybe they they have the better player, but if Grayson Allen really isn't. As necessary with that group, considering all the other wings that they have, maybe they do value Noel more in that sense, and and that's where Detroit can feel like they're coming away with a win. But Milwaukee's also getting what they need, and and we don't know if that's a legitimate trade or anything, but it's just something you kind of put together when you see Grace nouns in the news, right? Noel is in the news, and Milwaukee's interested in Noel, so it's it's the same thing. You know, it's not like we know the Pistons are interested in Reggie Bullock or anything. You're just trying to connect the dots and and then put yourselves inside the minds of these NBA executives across the league.
1: I mean, Dallas is willing to sign JaVale McGee to a three-year contract and tell him he's going to start. So we don't know what they value (laughs) exactly. Um, And McGee has not been been very good this year. So they definitely need the rim protection for sure. Uh, Aaron, we've made it all the way through our topics for this week. Do you have anything else you want to touch on regarding – the Detroit Pistons before we wrap up this week's episode.
0: No, I mean, I'm ready to watch Jaden Ivy kind of figure figure itself out. I mean hey, he's, he's gonna get a chance on Friday against Memphis and, and John Morant. Those two obviously close. There's been a lot of talk about that, seemingly every time uh you know we hear about those two players. I feel like we heard I know I know they only play twice a year, obviously, but it feels like we heard a lot about John Morant and Jaden Ivey already, even prior to the game uh over the weekend or whatever it was against Memphis maybe i'm just mixing it up time is a flat circle at this point um <laughs> but i'm ready for jaden ivy to have his player of the week as you said i mean we are the 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 good curse if you get doubled down on in the stock down report that's right doubled down on jaden ivy so he needs to figure it out this team i think is starting to play a little bit better basketball Hopefully that continues. Hopefully it's not just solely on the backs of Bogdanovich and Burks and, you know, the veterans on the roster. Hopefully it's, it's Killian the, Hayes and Killian Hayes who are, are really leading that charge for Detroit here moving forward. I mean, they could
1: lose the next 10 games, and it wouldn't matter if Killian continues to show growth, personally. I mean, if 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 you want to look at what matters a lot, it's about – growth as a team. It's not about wins and loss. It's about wins and lessons. That's what Ty Lou said when he coached the Cavs for five games before (laughs) being fired, (laughs) before saying, I have had enough, and then handing it to Larry Drew, who was so miserable, coaching that team post-LeBron. He almost quit basketball entirely. So, um, (laughs) wins and lessons. (laughs) Wins and lessons. But, yep, Hayes looks great. Let's go see Jay Nivey look great, too. I think that would be a nice way to Head on into Christmas Day, where I will be watching basketball as much as I possibly can. We're
0: almost there. We're almost there, Mike. I'm so excited for it. I'm. I'm so excited too. I Christmas really am. It's just. It, there's just something special about it, and I know they're doing NFL this year. I don't care. It's. It's the NBA. It's the NBA. Christmas is the NBA.
1: Well, we might care if we're
0: in the fancy playoffs. True. We could end up meeting in that, even though my team is self imploding, but. <laughs> Who cares at this point? I'm so done with fantasy football. I really don't care. It's it's bad. Uh, as soon as Brees Hall went down, I thought, oh no, Aaron's in trouble. Then Cooper Cup went down.
1: And, then, and right all the I forgot. And then and then Cooper Cup had gone
0: down and it was it was I don't just go out for a while. I mean I've had it yeah. all. I, I went from six and O to I think I'm like seven and five, seven and six. I don't even know. It's uh
1: hard. you're you're one game below me, so so you're eight and five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You are a, a lock in the playoffs. There's an X next to your name. Thank God as, I to know. As clinched the playoffs. Right. So you're probably going to get your money back. Um you know who's not going to get his money back? He's the host of the Palace of Pistons After Dark podcast. <laughs> and that's Tim Forkin, <laughs> who yeah. is at a stizzling two and eleven. Tim Tim Sinati, uh, with all of his Bengals players. Uh stupid name. Well, that's what he gets for him and him and Dylan having a massive trade that resulted in both of them. I I would love to see the net points for that trade. It's got to be like almost dead even and just like nobody benefited at all. Lamar Jackson has been bad and gets hurt. Jamar Chase is out. (laughs) It has been like a shocking net zero. But speaking of Tim and the Palace of Pistons after dark, Podcast, Highly recommend listening to them as well. It's a little different side of Pistons Talk. It's a little more off the beaten path. It's a little more, I'm not going to say it's more fun, but, uh, you know, it's different. And those guys do have a lot of fun. Those, Those are some really, really fun podcasts. So I highly encourage all of you to check them out as well. Aaron and I hopefully will be on one eventually, but I think they're phasing us out. Probably. um kind of like retiring us um but go ahead and check those guys out also check out our website com. again referenced some written content earlier jasper had a great great article about sadiq bay go ahead and check that out as well if you haven't checked out aaron's article about Cade cunningham and whether he should start as soon as he's eligible or you sit him out and wait for victor Wimbanyama in the offseason highly uh recommend those articles as well so Uh, For my co-host, Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Anguilano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network, and we will see you all next time.